You know what? I don't want to play defense. Are you kidding me? What the hell's going on? You're playing it safe. I a brick. It's amazing. No way in hell I'm touching it. Are you kidding? You I I that was really fun. Hello and welcome to the Sports Anomaly. I'm your host, Adrian Todzening, and I'm joined live by Rich Grisham. And Rich, I just discovered this because I did due diligence for once in this podcast's rare life. Uh, I searched your, I just wanted to confirm your title as a, as a human being out in the world. And it mm. changed from last time we talked, which was about a year ago today. Okay. About I, a year ago today. Wow. Okay. So very cool. Yeah, it did. I, I, so. I have a new job. I have a new job. Yeah. What, what are you doing? Tell us all about this. Well, the short, yeah, I mean, the short answer is I'm the director of business development for Gameville Come to Us USA. Now, what that really means, though, right, is uh, the company that I used to work for, Out of the Park Developments, an indie company, got purchased by uh, Gameville Come to Us, uh, which is a uh, subsidiary of a Korean company, Come to Us. And so with the acquisition... Uh, after a couple of months of, uh, of of remaining with Out of the Park, I just developed a great relationship with the folks at Gamefield Come to Us, and and uh, they asked me to come work with them, and I said absolutely, and here we are. So it's cool, it's really cool, and it's awesome. um, you know it's different being part of a very large multinational company as opposed to a very tiny multinational company. So I'm still learning the ropes, um, and meeting all sorts of new people. And of course, when you can't actually meet anyone in person or fly to LA or fly to Seoul, South Korea, you do a lot of virtual conversations, some of which I understand and some of which are in fully in Korean. And I'm just sort of hanging out, listening and hoping that no one's asking me a question I don't understand. It's a very interesting experience these days. That's wild. Have you seen Minari? Have, what's that? The film Minari. Have you seen Minari? I have heard of it, but I have not seen it. I have not seen many films uh, in the last couple of years, especially. I understand. I watched 122 films last year, but that was a very active <laughs> pursuit. And I'm, at, I'm averaging 15.5 films per month this year. Um, but Minari is excellent. And that way you can just drop in. You can just be like, it's Steven Yeun, huh? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Minari for the Oscar, you think? And then that's all. And everybody go, oh, Minari. He knows what he's talking about, and you, yeah, nobody will care. Everybody be like, Ugh, quit pandering. Uh, really quickly, it's the season of giving every day. Patreon.com slash Sports Anomaly. Give us $5 if you can. If you can't, um, I don't know. Just don't. That sounds fine to me. Um, moving on to the love and hate brought to you by Fat Ducati, one of our $25 uh, Patreons. Um, let's start with you, Rich. What do you love this week? I love the fact that right now, Adrian Tadzaniga, I am watching baseball, real ah. baseball being played on my various electronic devices. There's nothing, there's nothing better than sort of that those first few days of seeing the images from warm Florida, palm trees, baseball players pitching and hitting and fielding. And, you know, obviously this year it's, it's more welcome than than in a really long time because of everything that's happened. So I can't get past a giant smile when I see everybody running around in Florida and Arizona playing spring training baseball. It's the best. I, I saw, I've scrolled down on ESPN today and I saw baseball images and had the same feeling of like, oh, it's here, it's coming, it's, it's yep. real. 
it's happening. And there's not the same, oh God, what is going to happen as last year. There's still some wrinkles um, with like how it's going to work out. But um, baseball players to me, it's like uh, you go with the, the frontline workers and teachers are kind of the group. And then it's like baseball players, I feel like should be vaccinated next. And then us, like us clowns, um, because I just want this season to go through without any serious drama like last year. What, what team do you root for first and foremost? I am a New York Mets fan, have been oh. since I was a little kid. And, uh, you know, it's tough being a Mets fan. But this year, maybe we'll be good. Yeah, you know, but of course, by the time the Mets got good, so did everybody else in their division. So, yeah. you know, I'm I'm hopeful, but, you know, they are the Mets. So, you know, you can only generate so much hope at the start of a season. Right. Well, the cool thing is, is at least you have hope. Like, I feel yes. like as a Cubs fan right now, I'm just like, am I going to be a Padres fan this year? Because that team is sort of uh, interesting and exciting. I mean, I'm usually, uh, you know, my second team is the Dodgers. But there's something really bummerish about them getting Trevor Bauer. We talked about it on the podcast. I wanted him to go to the Mets. I wanted the Mets to give him this insane deal. Because then the Mets would have been, it would have been like, oh, okay. Well, I don't, I still don't know. But it's intriguing. Um, instead, he's in. LA, which I don't know. It just feels like the rich get richer. Like, are we, it's just too much. Well, but you know what? I, I think back to remember when the Phillies, the, you know, the, after they won the world series and they loaded up and they got a couple more pitchers and everybody said this was the best pitching staff in history and they didn't get out of the division series, you know, with baseball now, especially with the 13 rounds of playoffs that you have to get through. Like to me, it, it's so much more of a crapshoot than it ever used to be. Obviously the Dodgers are, loaded beyond loaded but you know a couple of bad games here or or a couple of bad innings there and anything can happen so you know i'm you know again with that whole phillies when they were going to destroy the world with the best pitching staff of all time and they didn't make it out of the division series i sort of think back to that to give myself again this is about hope right it's right. just about hope i mean i one of the really great things about working in and around baseball is the last few years, uh, as I've gotten the chance to meet a bunch of you know people in the game, managers and players and things like that. And I've, you know, gotten to to know a couple of guys who work for the Dodgers organization, and it was really cool, you know, to see the Dodgers finally win because they hadn't won since '88 when they beat what's probably the best Mets team of all time, the 1988 yeah. Mets. Um, so I, you know, that it's another sort of an interesting thing is that. I almost have a bunch of guys now that a bunch of teams I can sort of root for when my Mets do go south because I've gotten to know some of the guys. So, but yeah, I, I'm they're loaded for bear, but you know it's baseball, man. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true, and I I'm I'm excited. I mean, uh, Bryce Harper came out and said that the East is the best division in baseball, um, and I'm kind of like, yeah. I mean, when the Marlins. <laughs> Made the playoffs last year and, of course, beat the Cubs, which is just one of the more infuriating things that they'll continue to do throughout time. Then again, I think that's the curse of that Michael J. Fox movie. What's that called? Um, Back to the Future. Yes. And, you know, they had the Gators, the Florida Gators and the Mets or the Cubs in the World Series in 2022 or whatever. Um, maybe 2015. Who can say? It doesn't matter. All right. Here's my love of the week because I know I can go on about baseball for a long time and we're going to get to baseball later. So that'll help. Um, but, uh, my love, I, I played what remains of Edith Finch. Have you played that rich? I have not, but I do have it through one of the 17 subscription services that I own. Right. So, okay. Here's the thing. I was just like, 
I'm going to get rid of Game Pass because I'm not using it enough. But I have a couple games that I've downloaded that I'm just like, we'll play those that way and hurry up and play them so you're not rushed at the end because then you'll just resubscribe. And uh, and I saw my favorite thing on earth that I checked online and it said it had a play time of two and a half hours. It was It is a fascinating game. It scared the crap out of me. I literally had to turn it off after one level. But it's basically, I don't know if you know what it's about, but it's about this woman who gets a letter from her mom who uh, says she's inherited their old house. She goes back to this this house that's abandoned, you guess? Um, uh, And as you're walking through you, and there's a family tree, and every time you, um, you'll get to like a room through sneaking through some corridor or whatever, and then you get to the room and then there's always a thing, a story about them. And and, you know, maybe you'll find a letter and you'll start reading the letter and then it'll turn into, and suddenly you're playing as that person when they were a kid or when they were something. But it, all these people had tragic deaths. So it's basically you're just going through. I mean, it's like Six Feet Under meets a video game, but it's so well written and so great. And it, it's beloved for obvious reasons. And I just love playing it. And uh, it scared, again, the bejesus out of me. So <laughs> that was kind of cool. Uh, all right. What do you hate this week? So I'm going to stay on baseball. Adrian Tadzaniga, I hate the fact that the National League does not have the DH again this year. I am a National League guy. I've grown, grew up watching National League baseball. I, I am, was staunchly pro pitchers hitting. And then last year, there was no pitchers hitting in the National League, and I thought the games were a lot more entertaining. And I thought, well, for sure, now that it's happened, we'll never go back to pitchers hitting and the pitchers are hitting again in the National League this year. Adrian Tazaniga, I hate that. Let let's let the pitchers pitch. Let the hitters hit. Come on. Exactly. So here's my feeling. Before last year started, and when they changed the the extra inning rule to be a man on second to start the tenth inning, I was like, that's I hate it. I hate it. And why I hated that explicitly, and I'll get to what you said, but I hated it because I remember being like 12 years old. And when a game went into the 16th inning, it was just like every inning that was extra was just like the greatest part of my day. (laughs) And so I was like, we're taking that away. But now that I'm an adult, I'm like, okay, let's wrap this up. Um, But I actually ended up falling for that and being like, yes, this actually works. It creates instant drama. So in fact, I'm like really watching the extra innings. Um, And then the DH thing, which I thought I would despise for exactly the same reason as you. And I was like, I'm into it. Yeah, it's, I, it's weird. It's better. It's, it's just better. Well, there was one. What wasn't there uh, a rule proposal that you, the DH basically was the pitcher, but once you took out the starting pitcher, then you had to also replace the DH or something there like was that. Talk of that, yes. There yeah, was, there was that kind of talk, which may be where we eventually go. Yeah. I don't know. To me, that could get a little convoluted. But hey, look, anytime you can add more strategy into a baseball game, I'm all for it. I of course, as somebody who has to shepherd the making of a baseball game every single year, those kind of things can make your AI computations a little wow. complicated. So, right. you know, there, there's always a bright side <laughs> to these kind of things, too. But yeah. I was totally down with that. Absolutely down with that. And again, what was most surprising to me was I would have assumed that, you know, the the players association would have been all over getting, you know, some guys, some more at bats. Cause you know, it's not like there would be less pitchers in the league. Right. It would just be more, more hitters. So, you know, who knows, but 
you know, I'm I, I it's I find it very strange to say that I pine for the days, those, those days of yore, Adrian, when there were national when there were DHs in the National League. Oh, the good old days. I know what what <laughs> a bunch of weirdos to even think that. By the way, we're going to get to OOTP or out of the park baseball 22 in a little bit. But do you guys have it? Did you have it in 21 where a team would start? Uh, I forget. I don't even know what they call it, but they'd have like an opener where you play a pitch an inning or two innings or oh, yeah. was that just a coding nightmare no no it was, well it was it was all of the above so we have explicit designated opener follower roles which we created a couple of years ago um and then there are also some things that you can do in the game like you can set a certain pitch limit if you don't want to declare an opener and a follow follower all sorts of stuff that you know the really serious out of the park guys get really, really deep into. But yeah, that's all in there. It's got to be in there. If we don't have the stuff in there, they come after us with pitchforks and, and torches. So, But we know that. So, you know, we, we prepare yeah. for it. But yeah, that's all in there. Baseball's the best. Uh, moving on to my hate. So uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, the stonk market, and I've been having fun jumping in and out of it. And um, GME was the big one. It went to 400-something, mm -hmm. and then I bought one when it was $238. Of course, not soon after, but soon enough after it was at $48. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna admit that I bought a $238 stack. But then I ended up buying two at $66 each just to feel better about myself because I was like, it won't go lower this. Then I went to 48. Anyway, mm -hmm. and then uh last week it shot up in like in like half an hour, it went from basically 52 to $175. And it was like crazy just watching the line to shoot up. And it's been, it's interesting because I guess I I get dopamine from all over. Maybe I just get it from walking down the street or seeing a dog pass by or, oh, you know what? I'm just going to grab a muffin from this place. This looks like a cool cafe, whatever, mm -hmm. like whatever it gives me. And now I'm sort of getting that uh, from watching a stock market surge or whatever. But what I hate about it, I'd love the explosion because it was just fun, although it exhausted me, just like mm -hmm. I was so into it for like a day and a half. Mm -hmm. um, but you can, like what I learned is you can only buy the dip for so long before the dip is always my high point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I, I just kept learning that. And so my advice, if anybody wants to do uh, this, is just, just don't be stupid and just do some stuff for fun. But I don't know, really, I guess what I'll say is go to Wall Street Bets and just watch the memes because they're absolutely hilarious. There was a Rocky one that is great. Um, and I don't know, it's just sort of like once you start getting into that, you sort of go, oh, it's just a bunch of doofuses having fun. But those doofuses on the other side of the thing might have like $90,000 in the bank where yeah. you have like, okay, I hope the stimulation check uh, hurries up and comes. So, you know, I definitely didn't have $238 to put in. But I did have $238 if it was going to go to $30,000 a share. So that did not happen. Mm. Um, so right now it's like hovering around $116. So it's just, I don't know, it's just interesting. And it's made me learn so much about the stock market. So I always love getting an education. But I feel like I paid $230 for like a ticket to a game. Like now, like, okay, now, okay, I paid this much. How does this work? <laughs> like, right. who are the players? What's really going on? And all I've learned is basically I, I, am not up for it like i don't have i'm not going to play the stock market so I'm well, that's get good yeah it's good you recognize that because i think there's a lot of people who do play the stock market who have who shouldn't because they haven't come to that realization i'm one of those guys like my dad loves 
puts and calls and options and all sorts of stuff that I barely understand. I understand enough about the stock market to say, okay, I'm going to invest my money in companies that have been around for a long time that have very good fundamentals. They pay dividends. You know, they reward their shareholders and they have good P.E. ratios and anything after that. I'm not touching with a 10 foot pole because I'm in this for the long haul. But my dad, man, my dad's basically a day trader. He just hangs out and, and you know, Monday through Friday, he's doing his shots and his calls and his puts and his options. And I'm like, go for it, dude. But that is not my that's not where I want to be. You know, I, and I'm that, comfortable with that. That's it. Like what I've realized is like anything I'm now doing, I'm like. I'm just going to get something long term because I actually believe in certain things and what companies are doing and all this stuff and all of that. But like when I when I'm just like playing, I'm I buy too high and I sell never because I then I panic when it goes down. I'm like, yep. well, it must come back up, but it just never. Yep. I don't know. So yeah, but learning <laughs> options was fascinating. I learned about options, so I've done a couple of those, and I'm like, okay. What I realized after it was, oh, now because I've I've lost like. I've done five maybe, and I've won two and lost three. And what I learned at the end of the three I lost is like, oh, I I could have just bought the stock. I could have just right. bought one or two of them and then just right. had something. And that was educational because like, oh, I could actually just buy these and just have them instead of fucking, I don't know. Signing a contract for someone else to get them at a certain yeah, time. Exactly. <laughs> it feels like because uh, when you don't win it, you're like, oh, I just bet on like the coin flip at the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's like, like what? What did I just do? Why would I do that? Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty funny. And then you realize it is just gambling uh, to a large degree. And then I'm like, I I'm, I don't want to like gamble on sports again. I've done that in the past and I've done well at it, but I'm just like, oh. nah, I don't need to get into expertise at that level. You know, it's so funny. I used, I used to go to Las Vegas once or twice a year for various, you know, business purposes, conventions, conferences and stuff. And whenever I would go to Vegas, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd bring like a couple, two or 300 bucks in cash and I'd go to the sports book. And I would put, you know, 100 or 200 bucks on a game, you know, just whatever was happening that time of year, basketball, usually, because I would usually go in, in March. And it would be fun. And I would win. And someone I would lose, I would win a little bit more than I would lose because I'm not really a, I'm not a roulette guy. I'm not a right. poker guy. I'm, I'm, but I know sports. Like I understand sports. Right. Uh, you know, now, just because you understand sports doesn't mean you're going to win at gambling. But right. at least if you understand what's going on, like, you know, my buddy would take me to the craps table. And after an hour and a half, I was still confused. Luckily, I had a few drinks and I was feeling good. <laughs> and it didn't matter. So I thought, I really thought, Adrian, that when sort of sports betting became, uh, you know, everywhere, like I live in New Jersey, right? You can right. Right now bet. If you got a phone and you're in the state of New Jersey, you can bet on any sporting event anytime, everywhere. I never do it. Right. I, I thought that like once it permeated society, I would just be constant, not constantly, but I thought I'd be regularly bet on games. I never do it now. I don't know why, but it's weird. Like I, I don't know why I don't, but I just, I have no desire to bet on sports. Well, I love, I, there's something about being in Vegas that makes me want to do that, you know, yes. like that it's oh. like, oh, this is special. But when, you know, I, I talked about it on the podcast before that I once turned $62 into 1400 betting on hockey, but that's when there, there were ties, I mm. think, or yeah, before the shootouts. Right. And like, I just was able to do it and it took me like three months, but then I, I fixed my car because of it. <laughs> Uh, but that, like I had a goal, that's always a nice thing. But when you're sure. in Vegas, you're kind of like, you know what, I'm going to put $20 on this game. And when I, right. and I'm going to come back in three hours and either I'm going to have a nicer dinner or right. I'm going to have a lesser dinner and right. that's fun. 
and it feels special. And it's, you know, same for gambling. Like I don't want to go to a riverboat in St. Louis or I don't want to go to uh, Atlantic City. I, I, if I'm in Vegas, yeah, I'll like, same thing. I'll walk to dinner and on the way I'll be like, you know what? Let's play three hands of blackjack and try to right. up my, am I going to get the appetizer? You know, <laughs> am I getting dessert? Uh, am I getting a house wine or am I going to order a <laughs> bottle that has a name on it? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's hilarious. I love that. All right, moving on to breaking news brought to you by Perfect Tommy, another one of our Patreon supporters. There's two bits of news. The first one is MLB The Show will be cross-platform play. That was announced a month ago today. That's why it's breaking news. That means if you're on a PlayStation, you can play an Xbox, vice versa. Uh, Rocket League and Super Mega Baseball did this. Um, is this the future, Rich? I certainly hope so. I hope so, too. I love MLB The Show, as does mostly anybody who actually has played it in the last few years. I am one of the very lucky people who has both a PlayStation 5 and an Xbox Series X. I'm going PlayStation 5 for this, which is only a little weird because all of my other sports video games of the next gen are on my Series X, mostly because that's, you know, I have EA Access. What's it called now? EA, is it EA Access or EA Play? I forget, whichever, whatever they call that service, I have that, which sort of came along with uh, with my Xbox, so that's why I have like NBA 2K and FIFA and Madden all on on the Xbox. But I'm I just it's just great, right? I mean, I love baseball. The way for baseball to grow is to have more people be able to play the best possible sports video game experience on consoles across all of the consoles. So it's great news for everybody, and you know, bearing the lead. Just the fact that MLB The Show is going to be on Xbox is mind-blowing to all of us. And so just the fact that it's on Xbox combined with its crossplay, forget about it. It's 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 great. I think it's great for everyone. It's great for consumers. It's great for the game of baseball. It's great for everybody. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I am so excited. Like, legitimately, if you were just on Xbox, I'd be thrilled. But... I like you. I'm I'm gonna be going into the P PS5 world. I'm usually an Xbox guy, but I'm just making the move because uh, I couldn't play pretty much 90% of the games I wanted to because I didn't have a PS5. Um, but do you have a league or how do you play MLB the show? I play March to October. Once they introduced that, that was uh, my buddy Pete told me that was like. Before I even tried it and he tried it, he said they should have just call this the Rich Grisham mode. Because for <laughs> the last couple of years before they introduced March to October, the way that I played MLB the show would I would do a player lock for the first like three at bats of whatever team I was playing for a season or a franchise. And then after the third at bat, usually the sixth or seventh inning, I would then unlock the game and just play the remaining three or four innings. However, whatever the score was, whether I was up, whether I was down, whether I was tied. And what March to October did was it took that and it just made it 79% better by just putting you into really interesting situations without having to play the whole season and then getting to make a couple of important choices along the way. So I am, I don't play anything in the show except for March to October. And it's not because I don't want to necessarily play the other modes. Just to me, March to October is so perfect for who I am. And you know me, Adrian, I am a treadmill gamer. I get on my treadmill yeah. and I go for three miles and 46 minutes and playing a game of MLB The Show or Madden or NBA 2K. That's how I play a lot of my video games. And and I oh, I just I I 
soak up March to October. It's just the perfect mode for somebody like me. I don't like to play online baseball. It just doesn't work for me. I've tried it a bunch of different times. It's just not my thing, and that's okay. It's me. It's not you. It's me. March to October, 100%. I love it. I Because I have not played MLB The Show. I mean, I, I host a sports video game podcast. Why would I need to be playing MLB The Show for the last five years? But <laughs> I literally tried everything in my power to find a reasonably priced PS4 and to get this game when the pandemic was going. And it just, like, it, I think the prices went up. Because yeah. everybody's like, okay, yeah, well, you know, there's a new system coming. We don't care. People are desperate for <laughs> for a system. And yep. so I'm very eager to get this. And in fact, I found out that there was a, uh, a like a trial thing where they were play testing stuff. And I was so excited that I it made me think the game was coming out soon. It's April <laughs> 20th that it comes out, I think. And April 20th is not when I wanted to come out. I wanted to come out on March 3rd at mm. the latest. So I'm so bummed because I'm like, oh, man, where will I be on April 20th? Where will I be back? Will I have a vaccine? Will I like be living right. another life? Will I be, you know, I'm sure right. I'll be doing the exact same thing. But it just sort of bummed me out that it wasn't ready now. All right. Moving on to our second bit of breaking news. That's Out of the Park Baseball 22 will release March 26th. Yes. That's sooner. That's sooner. So I'll be playing that. Uh, nice. I love playing it last year. What I loved about it was... Uh, the Dodgers were so hard to beat, and that's also why I'm pissed off about Trevor Bauer. I'm like, oh, so I just never beat the Dodgers. Um, <laughs> so it's a great game. But uh, on the fifth, you're you're having the trailer reveal. What can you yes. tell us about the trailer here? That's a sneak preview, and you can okay. literally just say there's baseball in it. So I can tell you, this is this is breaking news. Nobody knows ah. this. Nobody <laughs> in the world knows this. The voice of the trailer for Out of the Park Baseball 22 is MLB Network's Scott Braun. Nobody oh, nice. knew that until right now. Now, the world did know that Scott Braun will be hosting the official reveal about a 30-minute show on March 12th, but he's also the voice of the trailer and MLB Network, who's going to be doing a bunch of cool stuff with us all through the year. So that's all world premiere news right there, right now. I love it. One of the, my favorite things about that world premiere, premiere news is that the my, my feed went out right as you said the second bit of it. And I was just like, <laughs> that feels right. And I don't know that I want him to. I don't know if I want you to tell me. I feel like it's just too much breaking news. And now um, your your bosses have come in and said, I think that's Wait, enough breaking news from one podcast. <laughs> so, moving, so March 12th, uh, the reveal will be. So it's a half hour show. And then March 16th. The Perfect Team 22 will be revealed. Is that an all-new mode? It's not all-new. We introduced Perfect Team a couple of years ago, and it has exploded into its really its own universe. And so we, I mean, franchise people want to know about franchise, and right. Perfect Team people want to know about Perfect Team. And we're like, well, why do we have to try to shove everything into one thing? Let's just have a show for the franchise folks, which is what the reveal is on March 12th. Then we'll have a separate show for the perfect team folks, and that's what that is on March 16th. So that that's what we're doing because they are and they're not different games because obviously there's a lot of similarities between the two. But the people who play the two different modes, there's obviously lots of crossover, but there's also lots and lots of people who, who only play one or the other. So that's why we're having a couple different couple different shows. That's awesome. And then March 19th, you'll have the uh, community Q and A, and then the you know then it releases on March 26th, and everybody gets to live their lives. 22 years of excellence, Rich. That's a long time. 
long time. Long and time. I, I've been with them for seven of those, That's which is wild. ridiculous. That's a third and, almost. It's amazing. And I have, and I'm, this is not a joke. I have you to thank for all of this. I would not be doing this had you and I not met in an online Madden league 15 years ago, which I joined because I loved the sports anomaly and everything that you did. And, and it's all, all the people I met in that Madden league, some of whom are still in our Madden league right now. Like literally all of this, all of those connections that I made, so so many years ago, thanks to you, are exactly why I'm here doing this stuff. It's Legendary. amazing. It's, it's, I love it. It's all right here, there. Here's my question is, when are you going to hire the creators or the, the writers of Longshot to do a baseball mode that will change the world? Like a story mode. I'm just saying, if you want, if you ever have even thought about that, if the team is ever thinking about it, baseball is by far my favorite sport. And uh, I'm in. Um, we can, t- and we can talk about that. We can yeah. talk about that. Like there legitimately, can be conversations. I would fucking love to come up with pitches, if nothing else. Um, Absolutely. Because- Dude, who would who would not? Li- I would love to listen to a pitch. I'll put it that way. Can't I wait. would love to listen to a pitch. Who says no to listening to a pitch from Adrian? Who Donald says no? Nobody. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? But I've I've got ideas, and I'm I'm actually going to make a point to write those down. And within. I'm going to say within two months, I'm going to hassle you about this and just say, Here, here's what I'm thinking. And this, of course, after I'm I'm uh, six and 22 with uh, my beloved Chicago Cubs in OOTP. Um, <laughs> hey, I've learned one thing. You don't need to be good at OOTP to work on OOTP. I've learned that firsthand. That's true. That's true. Um, I love it. I mean, I had such a great time and it came at such a great time. I remember uh, last year when I played it, it, it was like, I, I just remember just not really wanting to go on Twitter or not wanting to do more work or not. And it was just a cool thing to just lay down and play a few games. And it was just such a nice, I don't know. I, I think I was 11. I think, oh no, I think I was like 22 and 24 when I was like, okay, I got other stuff to do. And then I never mm-hmm. got back to it. And I regret that I never got back to it. It's and still I, there. It's still, it's still there. there. And by the way, you can bring that into the next version of the game too, man. It, it's all good. You're, you're, we, we got you taken care of. It's happening. My 22 and 24 record. I can't get rid of it. I can't shake it. <laughs> All right. Real quickly before we get to our feature, which I have no idea how that's going to go, but it's going to go as well as it can, which is pretty well. I wanted to have a quick interstitial chat. This is where interstitial music plays and then it brings us chat. But so we're in the Madden 21 league. Yes. Uh, and you've been playing next gen. And, uh, and I wanted to talk to you about that, but also I beat you 17-13 in our recent game. Was that the final score? No, it was worse than that. I mean, better for you, worse than me. I don't think I got a touchdown. I think I got close a couple times, but well, I scored a touchdown, but it was a callback on a holding play, for example. So I think it was 17 to six, I think. Okay, I think that, that, was that sounds probable. Um, how much are you, your team fell apart through uh, free or <laughs> through, uh, salary cap last year, but you've got yes. you got Von Miller, you got Zach yes. Ertz back, you've yes. got like a legit team. How are I you do. feeling about your season right now at three and three? Well, I feel pretty good because I've got a good right side of the offensive line. I love to run the football. Running is just my favorite thing. I love it in real NFL. I love it in 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 our league. Uh, I've got a couple of good defensive guys. Let's let's skip my linebackers. So, um, but you know, I can make things happen uh, on the on the with Miller and Fletcher Cox. I can make things happen. I can make enough things happen on defense to where I have a chance. So, you know, I I, I feel good about it. I really had a rough last rough year last year, but that was all my fault. I had I, again three and three. I'll, I'll take three and three any day 
of the year because I got a chance. All I want is a chance. I'm not, I don't harbor any delusions of grandeur that I'm going to win a super owl, but I do definitely feel like I, when, when I play my game and I don't have too many unlucky breaks, because everyone has one or two unlucky breaks a right. game. Like, like for example, you had a horrific pass interference call against you that kept me in the game late in the third quarter of our game, yeah. right? But if if I play my game and I don't have too many uh, unfortunate mistakes, I got a chance to win, and that's all that I want. I, I don't mind right. losing, you know. I yeah. just I, I want to have a chance. And and every once in a while, like the first game of the season, it feels like Madden doesn't even give me a chance. But I feel like with my team, I got a puncher's chance, and I'm cool with it. And the the, the best thing is I'm just having fun playing the games. That that's the most right. important thing. Well, I remember rolling like I've learned about max protect and that kind of stuff, and sliding my line, which I knew years ago, but I'd just forgotten for two years. Yeah. Yeah. But I learned, I relearned that very recently, and I've been using it to roll out, uh, which is good for me because it buys me time. And Terry McLaurin then evades everyone. And uh, Terry McLaurin, who's married to the team owner Elizabeth Warren, so <laughs> Nick Warren. Um, but he, so I've been doing that. But against you, um, when I rolled out, I got. It didn't matter if I double teamed or did anything to Von Miller and your other left uh, end guy. They were just drunks. Fletcher, Fletcher Cox. Cox just destroyed. He just tosses people around like a rag. He's amazing. I yes. like. I saw you had like four ta- four sacks in the game before me because I. Yeah, he he won the game before me. He had four sacks and two forced fumbles. Absolutely single handedly oh, won the game. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. he's amazing. Uh, so when when you were we, we were supposed to talk about this like four months ago or mm-hmm. whenever, but the next gen game you like it a lot more, and I just wonder for those people out there who are like, eh, I'm gonna wait another year. I'm gonna. Uh, like what? What is it about the next gen game that you're just like, oh yeah, this is this is way better. Well, it's not that it's way better, but it's better in that it's smoother. And again, I'm a guy. I'm a very fundamental football guy. I like to run the ball regularly. I like to dominate the time of possession. I like to grind the other team down. I like to be ahead by three or seven points in the fourth quarter and just get the ball and then never give it back. Like that's how I like to play the game. And and running in in next gen Madden feels smoother. Blocking feels smoother. I'm never good at playing quarterback. I have have never been good at playing quarterback. You know, so I, I can't really comment too much on the passing being better. You know, people make fun of me like, you know, the reason it's smoother is because I slowed it down by X point oh two percent of a frame rate. I'm like, you know, I, that may be true, but I. It doesn't change the fact that I like the game. It just, it feels really smooth. It's still Madden. It still does some things that that I don't particularly love, especially at least twice a game. I get a holding call on right. my offensive line. Like, Rah! but <laughs> it's okay, right? It happens. So it's not, it's not a, it's, it's visually, I don't know that it's much of a leap. It just feels like a really smooth game to play, and I like it, and and I'm okay liking it, and I'm okay that other people like to criticize me for liking it, but I enjoy the game. It just feels it feels really smooth, and it's not a drastic change going back to the current gen Madden, but it is a change. It, it's not as smooth. Running is a little more herky jerky. Again, nothing dramatic, but it's just smoother, better, feels better, especially for a guy like me who loves to run the ball. Yeah, I'm like I'm on the fence about when to get this thing because I I hope that our league is uh, cross gen or whatever that's going to add people for us. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know when we're going to make the leap. 
because I think we want to have the most people in the league. And right. Yeah, but yeah, of course, like you're able to play uh, backwards, right? Well, that's you, that's one of the reasons the Series X is so good, right? Like I just I'm playing next gen and previous gen both on the same machine it's really easy to bounce back and forth and again because the games are not wildly different i i don't even really have that that hard of a time going back and forth you know i'm i i like this this sort of not really next gen next gen that we have it's it's kind of i'm down with it. it it's okay yeah 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 it's cool all right moving on enough video game sports chat we've had a lot of it which is the rarity for this podcast i appreciate <laughs> That, you know, you know and love sports video games. Uh, so what I want to do now, because I'm in Liverpool, the home of the Beatles. We yes. were texting to set up this podcast and you, were, and you were like, oh, I've been listening to a lot of the Beatles. And I was like, you know what I've, I've never done or thought to do? And what we're going to do a semi-poor job of, because this should be something we do epically with like five people. But we're just going to do a Beatles song draft. Okay. And uh, so what's going to happen is we're just going to take turns and we're going to build a Beatles album of uh, 10 songs each. And that's it. That's how we're going to do this. So I'm going to flip a coin known as my uh, my phone. You have to say screen up or screen down. Okay. Okay. go ahead. Screen down. All right. I get first overall pick. Uh, Screw you, Rich Grisham. I'm going (laughs) to I'm going to take the Beatles draft. Um, Okay. Uh, I, with the first overall pick, have no, like, legitimately no idea what I'm about to take. I'm looking at the, I'm going to, because it's in the name of fairness, I'm going to send you the thing I'm looking at, which is the, all the songs ranked. So let oh, me I send this. I don't need that. I got, I got my list. I, I oh, didn't okay. even know that we were doing this, and I still wrote down a bunch of Beatles songs beforehand, because I knew we were going to do something Beatles related. All right, because you don't, because you have a list and you're not looking at this list, I'm opening up my first overall pick. It's crazy, but I fucking love the Beatles, so I'm not going to go off this list. Screw this list. I'm taking Oh Darling as the number one pick. Suck it, Grisham. What do you got? (laughs) All right, my first pick is, and by the way, I love the Beatles, and the older I get, the more I love the Beatles. You know, there's some bands that the older I get, I don't listen to anymore hello pink floyd hello nirvana no thanks heard it a million times i'm good the older i get the more i like to listen to the beatles so you know i'm just i've always liked the beatles but in the last few years especially adrian it's just i I, my beatles fandom has gone bonkers which is why i was so happy you sent me that amazing picture from liverpool of that great statue of 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 the fab four love that so anyway my uh, the first of my five is a song that was an homage to Little Richard, a song called I'm Down, which never appeared on any Beatles album, but was their show closer after they stopped playing Long Tall Sally as their show closer. Because Paul McCartney said, I want to write a write a song that's like Long Tall Sally. And, and I'm down the first time I ever heard the song. I was like, I've never heard that before, and that's because it was never on an album. But it, it, there was a song, for example, they closed the show at Shea Stadium with, and it's just a great ripping rock and roll tune called I'm Down, and that is number five. That's my first pick. I love it. I can't believe you've gone totally off the board, which would seem insane, but this you're right for this draft because this is exactly the point. We're not going for, like, what are the top ten? Screw that. Uh, all right. I'm I'm torn but I've decided I'm taking with my second overall pick, I'm going a little more traditional than we went with our opening picks, but I'm taking the long and winding road. 
Uh, here's, here's, I want to talk to you about this. You've seen the movie yesterday, correct? Correct. Okay. So that movie sucked. And yes, it's also, I also agree with that. <laughs> yeah, and it's also kind of great. And what makes it great was when he sings yesterday at the beginning, near the beginning of the movie, I think it's the first act break or maybe it's the inciting incident, whatever. He sings yesterday and tears are going down my, pouring out of my eyes because it was as if I heard it for the very first time. It's an and astounding it, song. Astounding. It's an astounding song. And Long and Winding Road is also in that movie. But mm -hmm. I want, I'm going to pitch you the ending that they should have used, and you're gonna be like, that could have been a great movie if they would have followed this ending. Okay. The ending is, I don't care, if you haven't seen it, you're, who cares, it's stupid, but he ends up uh, uploading all the music and then everybody can just have the Beatles, right? Mm -hmm. Terrible ending because it just doesn't really work. Here was my pitch, is that his character legitimately was like, more of a producer. He was never quite the singer. He was, he, his stuff didn't work. He just wasn't that guy, right? Mm -hmm. So then he gets imbued with the beat, or, or he lives in a world where the Beatles never existed and he loved the Beatles. So he now can write the Beatles songs and create them as, as himself. But what he should, what I felt like he learned in that movie was that he wasn't the guy to sing it and do it. So at the end, what I thought should have happened is he should have become a producer and he should have given a Beatles song because the whole point was the Beatles should be the biggest thing in the world and he wasn't going to make them that, although he kind of did in the movie, which I don't buy. What he should have done is taken the entire library and he should have given a song to Beyonce, a song to Lady Gaga, a song to Harry Styles, a song to like every single huge singer in the world and had all these people do a Beatles song. And how fucking cool would that have been just to see quick clips of these people, which of course would up the, up the budget, but come on, it's, you know, Danny Boyle. And I just, I just thought that would have been an incredible ending. And then we would have seen the Beatles become the Beatles on such a high level that we would have enjoyed the songs again for the first time through somebody else's voice. Tell me that's a great idea. That's a great idea. It's almost like taking a little bit of what Prince did as well in real life, right? Given some of his great greatest songs away to other people. It would have worked ah, beautifully. I didn't know he did that. Oh yeah, absolutely. What you know, it's so funny. Sometimes I hear like I'm not a fan of the Bangles. All right. I'm not anti Bangles. They're perfectly right. nice people, but I'm not a fan of the Bangles. But you play Manic Monday, I'm all over that song. That's a Prince <laughs> song. You know what I mean? Like and he did that with with dozens of artists where he just gave them songs and you know, again, the Bengals maybe made three albums, 10. I don't know. But Manic Monday comes on and I am stopping. I'm singing the harmonies along with it. I'm telling everybody, you know, Prince wrote that song, right? So, yeah. I did not I'm, know I'm, that. How great is that? That's great. I love it. All right, Rich, uh, it's your second pick. All right. So I've always liked this song, but I don't know, a couple, two or three years ago, I saw a live video of this song. And by the way, if you haven't watched the Beatles play live, and I don't mean the rooftop concert, which is fine. I'm talking about 63, 64, 65. Watch them play live. And it's amazing how talented of a musicians they were as a live rock and roll band. I've always liked this song, but there's a video of them playing this song where it takes on a completely other level of just being incredibly heavy rock and roll at a time where heavy rock and roll did not exist. That is A Hard Day's Night, an amazing oh, yeah. song that when you see them play it live again, it just explodes to a whole new level of intensity and energy. A Hard Day's Night is my number two pick. 
That's a great number two pick. We're going a little more traditional with our number twos. Now I'm going to blow the fucking doors off, <laughs> which I don't know if I want to yet, but I don't I, I don't want to risk not getting this song. So I've taken it third, which is totally insane. Uh, I feel like I'm Ryan Lewis on the old Sports Anomaly podcast taking um, the bit of honey and the candy bar draft too early, but I'm taking Rocky Raccoon as number three on my <laughs> board. And I love that song. It's a fucking great song. It's a storytelling song. I love it. Uh, all right, Gr- uh, Grisham. Grisham. Grisham is what I almost called you, and I'm going to now. Um, what is your third overall pick? My third overall pick is, again, it's, it's, a, it's a song that's very different than the first two that I picked, which are really rocking, ripping tunes. But it's a song that, from the very first time I heard it, before I even knew what the Beatles were, who they were, I heard it and I said, whoa, this song is amazing. And that is Hide Your Love Away. It's an acoustic ah. song that just has an incredible range of emotion and musicianship and simplicity. Again, it's the, it's the kind of song that the Beatles, only the Beatles could do. And it's a it's a John Lennon special. Hide your love away. Beautiful, amazing. Every single time I hear it, I stop and I just listen. Hey, you've got to hide your love away. It just it gets me every single time. Adrian Tadzaniga. Every it's time. A, I love it. It's an astonishing song. Okay, uh, I've got three songs that I think of are kind of the same song that I've got lined up, but I'm just going to take one of the, No, you know what? I'm not going to take one of them. I'm going to take I Will is my fourth pick. Mm. You know how long I've loved you. You know I love you still, et cetera, et cetera. I will. Uh, I love that song. It's a, it's one of the more classic ones. I, I just think it's a beautiful song, and it has like the same vibe as the Hide Your Love Away. Like It just sort of hits in a really intimate way. All right, Rich, number four. Number four, and you know th- th- these are, you know, they're I'm sure they're high on whatever board that you've got there, but I don't care. I love them. Help. Is there oh, a nice. better song than Help? It's well, so there's good. one better song than Help, and I'm going to get to that next. But Help is just, again, just amazing. The musicianship, the lyrics, the again, the simplicity, but yet there's layers upon layers upon layers. I love, love, love Help. Again, it's kind of song where the first time I heard it as a kid, I'm like, whoa. You know, you hear hear songs as a kid left right center everywhere up and down i heard help and i was just like whoa what is that i gotta i gotta hear that again who is that that song again to this day one of the greatest songs of all time it's do you know about uh the beatles um movie that's coming out that peter jackson the documentary i have yeah i didn't he do yeah there was some update i don't know much about it but i i it's it's like calling together all the let it be sessions or something like that right yeah like there's um there was a Disney Plus around Christmas. Disney Plus released um, not a trailer, but just kind of like a few yeah. minutes of it. Yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I watched it, and I was like, "Holy shit! These were do these songs did not didn't exist before they created them," which right. I know is insane. But it it reminds me of watching Mad Men and being like, "Oh fuck! There was a time when Tide didn't exist." Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, hard to imagine a time before Beatles songs because they're just such a permanent bedrock of what we consider anything culture. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. So, uh, all right, we're doing 10 picks. I think you said you think we might be doing five, but we're not. We're doing a full album here. That's 10 picks, although okay, it might be gotcha. Beatles. Gotcha. Uh, and because, uh, no, I'm going to take one more and then we're going to flip it. But uh, I'm taking something 
with my fifth pick, something the way she moves tracks me like no other luck. It's uh, I, it's another one of the. Um, it feels like Oh Darling, but slower. I just love it. I, I, I don't have any hard rockin' tunes yet, do I? No, I'm all softy, soft, soft. That's all okay. Right, I got, I got the, I got the heavy stuff. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It goes both ways. All right, hit me with your fifth. So you know, I do skew very much 63 to 66 Beatles, right? It's not that right. I dislike the later era, but I, I just skew that way. But one of getting one of my all-time favorite songs by the Beatles is on their last record. It's Two of Us. When it's 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 a throwback to the old school Lennon McCartney days, and it's almost talking about the old school days. But it's on, I think Let It Be. If it's not Let It Be, it's on Abbey Road. It's on I think it's Let It's, it be, it's on Let It Be. Okay. I'm trying to figure out which one that is. I feel bad making you sing it. I've avoided singing them. Um, uh, maybe is it called Two of Us or is it? it, is. it okay, it is called Two of Us. All right, good. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I would need to get my guitar down to 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 give that one uh, a shot, especially because okay, it's all harmonies. It's all harmonies, but it's just those two singing a song in you know late 1968 when they hated the business and they hated the press and they hated everybody and it feels like they just sort of had a throwback moment where they got in a room and just cranked out a, a, an old school Beatles song. And that's why I love that tune. That's awesome. Uh, when I hear it, I'll go, oh shit, that one. All right, uh, because I don't have any rockin' jams and I don't have enough early stuff, I'm taking Please Please Me with my six pick. Oh, so I good. love that song. It's probably my favorite of like the simple, you know? Uh, the one thing about the Beatles that I think is fascinating is, and why I think they're so popular is because they're so simple that you think you can sing and sound like them, or you think you, can, you know, it's, and that's when you find out that you sound nothing like them and uh, that you can't sing, for me at least. Um, Rich, so now you get the sixth pick, and then you're going to get two in a row because we're going to flip it. I realize we should have done a snake ladder draft and I screwed you, but, you know, oh, that's these, okay. last, these last picks, you'll get two in a row. All right. So another one that, again, when you first hear it, it just sounds like it's your regular rock and roll tune. But when you listen to it a little more closely, you hear this incredible musicianship. And, it, and it's one of those things where, you know, they, they're playing guitar harmonies like John Lennon and George Harrison, which didn't really happen back then. And then they take the guitar, guitar harmonies and they apply the vocal harmonies on top of it. And that is twist and shout. Like oh, the, wow. You know, you can't play Twist and Shout on one guitar. You gotta have two guitars, and you can't really sing Twist and Shout without three vocalists. And 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 then you end it with that great little ending. Dun 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 dun. Boom boom. Like it's just it's 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 not even a like it wasn't written by the Beatles. So I was like, I wasn't sure if I would include it. But you know what? That's okay. I'm down with Twist and Shout because it was a uh, I think it was an Isley Brothers original, but the Beatles made it. Twist and shout, and of course, you know it. It's it was famous for so many reasons, you know, Ferris Bueller, and right. and and from all the different things, and of course, one of my all-time favorite John Lennon quotes was when he was they were playing in front of the Queen, and he said, you know, you in the back, you can clap your hands, you here in the front, just rattle your jewelry, and then they went into twist and shout, <laughs> you know, which which back then was like you know Metallica's Ride the Lightning, you know, right. what I mean? it was just yeah, yeah, so yeah. heavy and so different. So twist and shout is the next before one. you. Before you pick your next one, I just want to say, like, twist and shout at the beginning. Now, shake it up, baby, now. Screamed in, like, this incredible yes. way. It's like fucking, like, if, you, if you're just hanging out at, a car, at, like, a bar and somebody just ramps that up, you're kind of like, I got, I feel it. Like, you feel like, okay, I got it. I'm going to twist and shout. Um, all right. What's your next pick, Rich? 
So my next one, this was this was a little a little tough, but you know, again, it I, I feel sort of like hide your love away. The first time I heard it, I was like, wow, that's a really interesting lyric and a really interesting song. And that's I'm looking through you, which oh, I think sorry. I think is on rubber soul, but it might be yeah. revolver. Again, I get him a little mixed up. Like, I'm yeah. looking through you and you're not there. Oh, so good. So good. It's an incredible song. I So what I've been doing is walking around town just listening to the Beatles. And uh, it's just been awesome for that. And that's I, I, I've been reintroduced to, to both those albums, Revolver and Rubber Soul. And I'm like, man, these are great. A little those misogynistic at times, which I've like. A little oh, bit. Shit. Yeah. Run for your life is a little, little tough to listen yeah. to in 2021. It yeah, is. it is. Um, all right. Now, my next pick, I'm going to go with. I'm going to take Here, There, and Everywhere. That's another song I've heard recently that I'm like, oh, man, like that, I really feel that because I'm now in, I'm with the love of my life. And I'm just like, I, this, this is what I think about when I think of her now. And I just think it's a beautiful song. It's very sweet and uh, elegant. All right, let's go back to you, Rich, for your eighth pick. All right, my eighth pick. And again, this one is a song that, you know, it was cool. It was cool. And then I tried to play it with my band about 25 years ago. And, and it's, again, it's inherent musicianship and harmonies really sort of threw me for a loop. It's really difficult to play Love Me Do well because the harmonies of the high and the low between McCartney and Lennon are so interesting. And then you throw in the harmonica solo, which again, back then was radical and revolutionary. I'm going with Love Me Do. That's uh, fantastic that Love Me Do has made it onto the list. Uh, I'm taking, because I, I didn't think you would take it, but now I'm we're getting to the end, and now I fear you take, you'll take it. It's my favorite song of all time, uh, and I'm taking it with the eighth pick, Her Majesty, the final song on Abbey Road. Um, yeah, that's it. It's my, it's my favorite song. It's like a 15, 20-second song. And I, I don't, there's something about it that I find so fucking wonderful. And I, in the, the opening chord of it, I've just written into this script that has a movie or a music-based situation um, to where every time this one thing happens, he hears the opening chord of Her Majesty. Uh, all right, back to you, Rich, for your ninth pick. Only two to go. All right. I got to go with it now because I'm afraid that you're going to take it, right? So again, I, I'm swiping you on this one. This is, you know, it's so hard to say what my all-time favorite Beatles song is, but I'm going to say this is my all-time favorite Beatles. And like that, if you can believe it, Skype just decided to quit working on us. We had another eight minutes of conversation, and I'm I could tell you what Rich's favorite Beatles song of all time is, and in fact, I will. He chose Ticket to Ride, and he gave a great, uh, great talk about that. Apparently that song was written in like two and a half hours. Um, then it came back to me. I took While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and I started talking about how I used to play Genghis Khan in the basement with Mike Young, who's a creative director at Electronic Arts and my best friend of forever, and how we used to just listen to Abbey Road on repeat and play that game, Genghis Khan, until like six in the morning. It was really nice. It was a cool story. And it made some sense of the world. And then Rich, with the final pick of his, his 10th pick, he took Here Comes the Sun and then just talked about it beautifully and why it's such an excellent song um, and how it feels like 
uh, it was like a song that always existed. And then with the final pick, I took a song that I absolutely knew nobody would ever take in their right mind. And it was, I just checked on, uh, on that list of all the Beatles songs ever. It was like 158, which is very, very low. I think there are 166 songs. And with my final pick, I took Act Naturally because Ringo's my favorite Beatle for no good reason, except that song, I guess. I just fucking love that song. And I talk about how I didn't take The Night Before, I'm a Loser, No Reply, because they all felt like the same song to me, but I love them equally. Anyway, so the end of the episode was lost, and uh, Rich said a really nice thing, is like a positive message about what's going to happen in the future, because uh, we're coming out of a terrible time. And in fact, just moments ago, uh, Biden said that uh, the U.S. would have enough vaccines available for every American by the end of May. Didn't mean everybody would be inoculated by then, but good. So, you know, anyway, I just came on and wanted to tell you the end because I couldn't get it to work otherwise. And it was so interesting and it was great. And I can't believe how well this draft went and like how interesting it was. I figured I would take, uh, you know, whatever I was going to take. But some of the greatest songs in the history of the world were not taken in these. I just find that interesting. All right. That's our show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, sportsanomaly. Oh, wait, no. Patreon.com slash sportsanomaly. If you have any dough, throw it at us. If you don't, don't. And um, otherwise, oh, Netflix Minute. Uh, we talked about Ted Lasso. I talked about a podcast I'm going to be launching about Ted Lasso. And then uh, he said to watch Ted Lasso. I said to watch Monos on Netflix, it's it's epically incredible, and you will be blown away by it. Um, it's so gorgeous, I can't believe it. Uh, and that's it, that's our show. We've talked enough, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs>